This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg, reporting from Tallahassee, where members of a group called Physicians for Social Responsibility are calling on the governor to make face masks mandatory when people gather in public places. On one side, this person doesn't wish to be bothered to wear a mask. On the other side, this person doesn't wish to die of coronavirus. Now, now which is a more important right? Americans have to look after each other's rights. We can't just say, I'm going to look after me, the hell with you. It is a matter of life and death, not choice. You'll hear from three of those doctors later in the podcast. Their call to mask up came as Florida shattered the one-day record in COVID cases, adding 2,783 on Tuesday. There have now been at least 3,085 fatalities in Florida, 55 more than the day before. We'll hear from the governor and the chair of the Florida Democratic Party about that. Donald Trump issues an executive order on police standards in response to the Black Lives Matter protests. Florida Congresswoman Val Demings welcomes the idea of a national database of bad cops, but it is not mandatory. Critics call the executive order window dressing for the campaign. We'll also have your calendar of political events and check in with the Florida man who quit his job at Publix after being informed he could not wear a protective mask with the letters BLM. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Wednesday, June 17th. Florida set another record for the number of new COVID cases Tuesday. The total number is now more than 80,000. But Governor Ron DeSantis is rejecting any suggestion that his rush to reopen the state is responsible for the increase in new cases and fatalities. He blames it on a large cluster of cases in prisons, migrant labor camps, nursing homes, and construction, and says there is no way he'll issue any new stay-at-home orders based on the latest numbers. We're not shutting down. You know, we're going to go forward. We're going to continue to protect the most vulnerable. You know, we're going to uh, urge, continue to advise, particularly our elderly population, to maintain social distancing, avoid crowds. Um, and, um, you know, the mask, we've basically said from the beginning, uh, if you can't social distance or if you're in a face-to-face, then the masks are recommended. But I see, you know, you don't need to be wearing it if you're going for a jog or you're on the beach. And so some of this stuff can get out of hand. I want to be more reasonable about it. We're not rolling back. Like, here's, no, no. And remember, the reason we did the mitigation was to protect the hospital system because you didn't want hospitals overflowing. Uh, there was a lot of predictions about how many COVID patients would be in the hospitals. And we've been between 25 and 30 percent vacant this whole time. Um, and so that is really why we did the, why, why they did the shutdown. And I think the, the negative effects of that uh, would far outseed any gains you're getting. Would, would shutting down the state stop some of the, the examples that I showed? I don't think so. And so you have to have society function. You have to be able to have a, a cohesive society. That's the best way to be able to deal with the impacts um, of the virus, but particularly when you have a virus uh, that disproportionately impacts one segment of society. To suppress a lot of working age people at this point, um, I don't think would likely be very effective. Florida Democratic Party Chair Terry Rizzo says the governor's biggest mistake during this COVID crisis is that he's following Donald Trump's playbook. We had 2,783 uh, cases and have passed 80,000 cases in the state of Florida. Um, it's a very, very concerning development here. Um, and uh, we've, we've raised this issue repeatedly here um, and have been vocal in calling on Ron DeSantis to follow the lead of experts uh, throughout this case. And by the way, Ron DeSantis himself refuses to wear a mask most of the time uh, when appearing in public, um, as does Donald Trump, you know, which of course sets bad examples for everybody uh, with regard to, you know, to the coronavirus pandemic. 
Um, and of course, as we know, uh, wh what is the reason why Donald Trump is coming to Florida uh, to have uh, to, to Jacksonville uh, for his uh, convention? Um, it's because of, of the safety in, in uh, North Carolina. We're not able to guarantee the safety in North Carolina. So he's moved the uh, situation to, in the convention to, to Jacksonville in order to have a large uh, event for himself um, and have, have, have praise with, with thousands of people not in socially safe conditions. He's setting an extremely bad example. And Democratic National Chairman Tom Perez says the president is putting his own supporters at risk by staging new rallies and by taking the GOP convention to Jacksonville because he wanted a big crowd with no masks or social distancing. He continues to put politics yeah. over yeah. public health. Right. It's yeah. real simple. It's all about ego yeah. gratification. Uh, the, the great state of North Carolina was asking him a simple question. How can we have a safe convention? And, and this president, now there's been, I believe, 14 or 15 states in the past week that have seen a 25% increase in uh, coronavirus cases. And what is this president's response? He wants to travel to Tulsa later this week. And he originally wanted to travel on, June, on the Juneteenth anniversary of emancipation to the city that was once Black Wall Street, a city that was the site almost 100 years ago of one of the worst attacks on African-Americans in our nation's history. And this president wanted to go there for ego gratification. So his accommodation was he's pushing it back a day. And by the way, please look at the rate of coronavirus increase in the city of Tulsa right now. It is also moving up at an alarming level. Mr. President, conventions are not about your ego. They're about the American people's values and the values of what your party is. But perhaps that is the value of your party, is that it's all about you. In response to the Black Lives Matter protests across the country, Donald Trump has signed an executive order urging law enforcement agencies to set higher standards for their officers and set up a nationwide database of police with a record of misconduct. Americans believe we must support the brave men and women in blue who police our streets and keep us safe. Americans also believe we must improve accountability, increase transparency, and invest more resources in police training, recruiting, and community engagement. Reducing crime and raising standards are not opposite goals. They are not mutually exclusive. They work together. They all work together. That is why today I'm signing an executive order encouraging police departments nationwide to adopt the highest professional standards to serve their communities. These standards will be as high and as strong as there is on Earth. Critics claim the president's executive order doesn't even begin to address the concerns of the Black Lives Matter movement. Democratic National Committee Chairman Tom Perez spent years going after rogue cops when he worked at the Office of Civil Rights in the Justice Department. He says they already have the tools they need, but the attorney general won't use them. What the president has done is so woefully inadequate to the task. Rather than simply executive orders, he needs executive action. The Department of Justice is in the executive branch. The most important tool that has been given to the Department of Justice in the last 30 years was a tool that enables the department's civil rights division to investigate and, where appropriate, file civil lawsuits to correct patterns and practices of misconduct. The president, rather than issuing executive orders, ought to order his attorney general to do his job. Attorney General Barr is not only 
um, not enforcing or using the pattern or practice tool. He's affirmatively hostile to the tool. He has this old school belief that you're either on the side of the community or you're on the side of the police. That is a false choice. Congresswoman Val Demings used to be the police chief in Orlando, and she's now on the short list of potential running mates for Joe Biden. Demings was glad to hear the president talk about a national database to track bad cops, but says he didn't go far enough. The president is certainly on the right track with uh, a national database to track officer misconduct and certainly prevent officers who may be fired from one agency, prevent them from going and being hired by another agency. On the other hand, um, and it doesn't surprise me, the president does not go far enough. He's still uh, campaigning and not looking at the obvious problem right in front of us, what happened to George Floyd, what happened in Atlanta, Georgia, that we've got to make sure that we're, number one, acknowledging that systemic racism still exists and it rears its ugly head, not only in public organizations, but in private sector as well. And we've got to do that. One thing that should be pointed out here about that database of police misconduct is that it's voluntary, not mandatory. Yes, there is a ban on chokeholds, but there are exceptions that would allow it to continue. And better training does not necessarily mean more accountability, which is one of the primary concerns of Black Lives Matter. Next up on Sunrise In Depth, we'll hear from three doctors who have a simple prescription to get you through the COVID crisis. It's called a mask. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged. Florida Hospital Association members are safe, ready, and equipped to care for all Floridians. As our hospitals resume elective procedures, ensuring the safety and well-being of our patients, employees, and communities remains our first priority. Contact your local healthcare provider for information on visitation policies, access restrictions, and how to get needed care safely. Please visit the Florida Hospital Association at fha.org/covid for more information. Welcome back to Sunrise. As Florida reopens for business and people try to reclaim some semblance of a normal life, many of us seem to have forgotten we are still in the midst of a pandemic. Dr. Ronald Saff of Tallahassee is a member of Physicians for Social Responsibility, and he's frustrated by the number of Floridians who refuse to wear a mask in public places. Tired of being cooped up at home, my family and I mustered up the courage to head out to our favorite hamburger joint last week. It was our very first trip to a dine-in restaurant since the COVID-19 crisis occurred, and we planned to eat in the restaurant's outdoor seating area. As we walked through the restaurant, past the sign that said, no shoes, no shirt, no service, we were surprised to see a large number of not only customers, but also servers and cashiers who were not wearing face masks. Would it have been too much at a time when over 100,000 of our fellow Americans have already perished from COVID disease to add to the sign, no mask, no service. These are common sense measures that protect all of us. Many other states and over 50 countries have requirements that the public wear masks in enclosed spaces. Last week, the National Academy of Sciences came out with a paper that concluded Wearing of face masks in public corresponds to the most effective means to prevent interhuman transmission. To reduce transmission of coronavirus disease while businesses are open, Governor DeSantis should sign an executive order mandating that Floridians wear masks 
or facial coverings in enclosed public spaces. As a snarky physician colleague has stated, you may not like wearing a mask, but it beats wearing a ventilator. We know that coronaviruses are transmitted via droplets produced when we sneeze, cough, sing, or even talk. Those refusing to wear a mask while in a crowded indoor public space are not protecting their neighbors and fellow citizens and are not following the golden rule. They are implying their own minor inconvenience of wearing a mask is more important than others' right to minimize the risk of contracting a too often fatal disease. Remember, the elderly, the immunocompromised, and our neighbors with other health problems, which put them at risk for a fatal infection, are all around us, but we may not be necessarily able to recognize them. The Center for Disease Control and the World Health Organization guidelines are quite clear. Everyone should be wearing a mask or cloth covering while out in public. We understand that there is coronavirus fatigue. People are just tired of wearing masks. But now, we need Governor DeSantis's leadership more than ever. Let us look at the numbers, which are clearly going up and up and up. In late February, there was zero cases of coronavirus in Florida. Yesterday, there were approximately 77,000 cases with 1,758 new cases overnight. That averages to one new case in Florida approximately every 50 seconds. These are grim numbers. Since voluntary measures are not working, we respectfully request that Governor DeSantis take a simple common sense measure requiring Floridians to wear masks while out in public. Let us all keep our droplets to ourselves. Dr. Donald Axelrad is a professor of public health at Florida A&M. He says a mask is your best protection right now. By the way, if his voice sounds a bit muffled, it's because he's wearing one. Wearing a face mask helps fight spread of the disease. It is a matter of life and death, not politics. Far too quickly, we are forgetting not only our own health, but the health of our families and loved ones, as well as our friends, neighbors, and other Americans who still could be stricken with illness or even death from the virus. Some folks resisting wearing a face mask have told me they should have the right to decide for themselves rather than being dictated to. If the disease only affected them, that argument might have some validity. But as a professor of public health, I know masks protect us all, not just the wearer. There are rights and there are rights. And the moral calculus here is on one side, this person doesn't wish to be bothered to wear a mask. On the other side, this person doesn't wish to die of coronavirus. Now, now which is the more important right? Americans have to look after each other's rights. We can't just say, I'm going to look after me, the hell with you. Younger or healthier people might think they can just weather getting ill. But even if partially true, their friends, relatives, or families might not. Is anyone ready to designate someone they know to die? Is the governor ready to do this? Which person? Instead, I remind Governor DeSantis that it, as our governor, he, is, he has a moral and leadership obligation to reduce sickness and deaths among Floridians and to set an example for the nation by ordering the simple act of widespread use of face masks, we all want to save lives. I respectfully request that Governor DeSantis issue an executive order 
mandating that all persons in Florida wear face masks in enclosed spaces or crowds as recommended by the Centers for Disease Control. Please, it is a matter of life and death, not choice. Dr. Howard Kessler is president of the Florida chapter of Physicians for Social Responsibility. He's frustrated that the governor and the president are setting a bad example for the rest of us by refusing to wear those masks, and he cannot understand how they become a political issue. We are in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, which has already claimed between 116,000 and 117,000 lives here in these United States. This is serious. The pandemic is not over. If we do not do better in responding to this threat, another 100,000 people or more may die of the same disease. We are here today to ask the people of Florida and Governor DeSantis specifically to take stronger action for the good of the people. We all cherish our freedoms. When our freedoms cause harm to others, we have a problem. We know that we can alter the course of this disease by each of us doing some very simple things. Wash your hands, social distance at least six feet or more, and wear a face mask. Face masks help slow the spread of the virus. They help lessen the chance of the wearer getting the virus, and they help lessen the chance of the wearer, if infected, of spreading the virus. But if you believe, if you believe that face masks do not help, why not show your friends, your family, and other people of these United States that you respect them as fellow human beings and suffer that small inconvenience of wearing a face mask. COVID-19 is a health issue, not a political issue. Masks should not be used as a political statement. But Governor DeSantis says he's not going to make masks mandatory. You know, I would definitely encourage people when you're in, whether it's a business situation like a, like in a restaurant, um, if you're going to a place where you can't social distance, um, you know, to do it. But um, in terms of forcing that under penalty of criminal law, um, you know, we're not going to be doing that. I think it would be uh, I think it would be applied unevenly, and um, and I just don't think it would end up working. At the end of the day, you know, we should be trusting people to make good decisions. Um, you know, Floridians have shown they can do that uh, thus far, and I think that they'll continue to do it in the future. When the doctors began their press conference, the state had reported 77,325 cases of coronavirus. By the time they were done, that number was 80,109, the highest one-day increase in Florida since the pandemic began. Your calendar of events starts at 9, with a meeting of the Florida Citrus Commission. The Reemployment Assistance Appeals Commission meets at 9.30. Film Florida's Board of Directors holds its annual meeting online at 9.30. The State University System of Florida Career Centers are holding a virtual career fair from 10 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon. The Florida Real Estate Commission meets online at 10.15. And the Florida Development Finance Corporation Board of Directors meets at 2 in Winter Springs. Finally, a Florida man who was ordered not to wear a face mask with the letters BLM quits his job at Publix. 18-year-old Quentin Desimore of Lehigh Acres wore that mask during a protest against police brutality, but when he wore it to work the next day, his assistant manager said he could not wear a face mask supporting Black Lives Matters while at work because he was endangering himself and everyone else who worked there. 
So he left and called back later to inform the company he was resigning. A spokesperson at corporate headquarters says Publix rejects racism and discrimination of any kind, but does not allow non-Publix messaging on its uniform policy. That's it for today's episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.